The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. We've got Derek Morris with us today. He is a Virtual Chief Information Security Officer with almost three decades in IT, InfoSec, cybersecurity, has a whole bunch of certifications, including the CISSP, the CISM, and more. His uh, experience includes bankings and credit unions, and he is currently serving as a VCISO for Wolf & Company. Derek, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for putting this on. So you obviously have a lot of experience in cybersecurity and infosec just by virtue of all your certifications. Um, and I should have also mentioned, too, that you've got a bachelor's in computer information systems as well with a minor in applied statistics. So you've been doing this for a <laughs> while. Um, why and how, maybe not in that order, did you did you get into cybersecurity? And, and can you take us through your journey from that decision point to where you're at today? Yeah, it, it's a. It's a long, long traveled road, I guess. Um, you know, coming out of college, I initially had a, uh, a job as a developer for Lotus Notes. And oh, I remember Lotus Notes. Boy, yeah. that was that You're was not my yourself. bag. That was not <laughs> my bag. Uh, it, it was short term, and then 9/11 hit, and there were some some changes at the organization I was at, and said, if you want to stay employed, you can go over to the help desk. I said, you know what? I got to, I got to do something. I got to work. So help desk it was, um, and you learn a lot about, uh, different areas at the help desk, including how to deal with folks on the phone. Um, so quickly through the help desk, uh, bumped up, you know, level one, level two, and then went on site at a, um, an organization down in Connecticut. And that's where it really got hands-on started to learn building systems, configuring different systems and touching networking and huge scale networks that, that were on site there. Uh, that just piqued my interest. And then it started certification time and going to get MCP and working towards MCSE. It was a long time ago. You know, that that started and, and I moved on from there to a, a CPA firm that had an IT assurance arm. And that's where we started to do uh, SAS 70s and started to get into the MasterCard and Visa world pre-PCI. So that's when the security piece started to happen. Started to meet yeah. some really and, interesting people. And for those and for those folks who are not familiar with the term SAS 70, if I'm not mistaken, that was actually <laughs> yeah. the, the predecessor to what we call now the SOC 1, um, which we also have SOC 2s now for, for InfoSec, mm -hmm. but the SOC 1 is more on the financial services side. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's how they how they get executed is very different nowadays from then uh, traveling across the country and sitting in an office for a week with a pile of paper reviewing policies and procedures and talking with different folks. So that's how I met a lot of folks that were in the security world then. And this is early 2000s. Started to hear about CISSP and, and started to poke at that, got the book and it was, you know, that big and said, all right, I'll give it a shot. It kind of, you know, life happened, you know, you know, I got that big book on the, shelf, on, the, on the shelf right back there. I know oh, yeah. you, the common body of knowledge, I think. The, there you the, go. Yep. The, the green and the yellow and the gold one, the green and the gold one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So life happens and then, you, you know, we go on and I move on from that firm and became an IT manager and then IT director, building systems, configuring systems. But I always had a, a, a hand in keeping them secure. 
some of the folks I met in my travels um, it introduced me to certain tools that I would take in, open source tools, and build them up to help with the securing of the environment and giving good visibility to things. Um, so that that happened, and I landed at a biotech company that was just a great five years, had fantastic people there. The company was um, gobbled up by the big, big, you know, big body that's in the biotech world in New England here. And um, that was the point where I said, time to go CISSP. And I, I went, I did it, I passed it. And I, I can pinpoint that day as it shifting my career path totally over to, to the InfoSec world and cyber world, uh, getting that open doors so, so quickly. Um, went and started to do some more uh, security assessing, then got into the, this building out these security programs with organizations and, and started a very informal type of VCISO service at the last organization I was at. Uh, and, and that was definitely my bag. I like doing that. That was, that was fun. So an opportunity opened up at Wolf that led me to jump to them and actually build up the VCISO service there. We're a national firm, we a very recognized name and thousands of clients that we can take advantage of to, to help build their cyber program up and, and just put the right tools in place. It's a, it's a many stops along the way, but a lot of good, good moves I've felt and, and have, you know, good success so far. Not going wood, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's a great path. It, it's funny how like a lot of us in, in cybersecurity, InfoSec, whichever term you want to use, we, we, we kind of like almost fell into it. And then when we fell into it, yeah. we realized we, we loved it. I, I didn't love it at first. I went kicking and screaming. Um, <laughs> I, I like the networking side before. Mm -hmm. and, and I realized I was spending more time blocking people from getting access <laughs> at one point in time. But um, you, you mentioned the CISSP. And obviously, that was a, uh, um, a, a major accomplishment to do. I, I, I remember uh, when I went through the whole process and, and took the test and all that. But I have to ask because uh, there are a lot of folks out there that are probably prepping for this that are listening to this right now. What's what, what's a short bit of advice that you can give someone who's prepping for the CISSP, whether it be in, in the actual preparation or okay. the night before the test or actually taking the test? Yeah, I, I found doing all these certification exams is, is getting your hands on that book and being really organized, structured, and disciplined. Uh, you know, understand what you got to go through and put yourself on a clock. Uh, some folks I've seen just book out the test and then study to that. So they force themselves to, to do that. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, like to, to get victories. Let's get domain one done. Let's get domain two done. Let's understand it, go through some practice tests. And then as you see the, the end coming closer, um, setting that, that time to take the test and just going for it. It's a nerve wracking bit that never gets easy. You just always get that angst about taking a test that you spent five, $600 for. So it's, um, it's just a, a good way to, to, to structure yourself and, and make sure you're organized. That's a really big, big piece. Discipline stuff. And, and there is so much angst. I like telling folks uh, that, that the night before the test, it, it, you, you can't, you shouldn't really cram because if you don't know it by then, Exactly. But uh, to spend some time relaxing, do whatever you works for you. For me, 
Um, this was back in the day where you had to actually travel somewhere and do it by pencil as opposed to online. And uh, um, my relaxation involved several Sam Adams, which worked for me, oh, yeah. but I am, I am not recommending that. <laughs> but you need to relax. So you're with, uh, you're with Wolf right now. Uh, do I have that right? Uh, Wolf correct, and yeah. Company. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as a, uh, building out their and working on their virtual CISO um, uh, line of business, what's a what's a typical client for Wolf? Uh, it's going to be a small, mid-sized organization, probably up to about two hundred and fifty people, down to twenty, thirty folks that may be working at that organization. Um, we're big in the financial institution space, um, so those are easy for us to, to get involved with. We understand all the regulatory pieces to it. Um, we, we cross over to different niches as well. We call them niches of so healthcare. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have a professional sports team, um, some manufacturing, um, even, even a cannabis fintech we have. Uh, so it's a lot of different areas that we, we play in um, because we found if you can do this with a financial institution, it's only easier to do it at a healthcare. They're they're in a different different space, of course. But if you're doing it so structured in an FI space, doing it in healthcare, doing it in manufacturing is is not a not a stretch. I think the other way around might be a little bit more difficult if you were coming from, say, healthcare or manufacturing, try to go into banking and understanding. Holy smokes, there's so many areas we have to cover and different regulatory needs. Uh, it's very different. So I think that that's the path we take. I think banking might have gotten it right earlier before anybody um, else uh, as far as um, taking the approach of of determining the controls that you need to have in a security program based mm -hmm. on maturity. So they have the, as I'm sure you're familiar with the cybersecurity assessment tool and, mm -hmm. and, and which is, which is um, relies upon not only the, well, here are the things you need to do for this particular maturity level, whether it be baseline evolving and then i always forget the other three um but the thing that makes the cat which is what how a lot mm -hmm. of us refer to it uh rather unique or back in the day was the fact that it it looks at the inherent risk of the organization and not just inherent risk from a it infosec control standpoint but what are the things you're doing like like uh how many wires do you have per yeah it's per, funny, per yeah. month or that sort of thing so yeah no i totally agree and i think I think that those who came from financial services and now are working with other organizations do have that advantage. And, and I say that as a former um, bank CISO <laughs> myself. So, Right. You understand it. Yep. But you do see, um, you do have clients across different spectrums. So right now here in the beginning of 2023, what would you say is probably the predominant threat in information security for small and mid-sized businesses? Uh, what we're seeing now, because we have such a visibility across different industries, we're seeing a lot of the the user end user threats become uh, louder. We're, we're seeing a lot more phishing attempts, and we're seeing a lot more ways to to try to achieve that phishing attempt. So the end user training to me is is really up at the top, uh, constantly evolving. I mean, you're getting smishing attempts and then you get the phishing attempts. Now you get this social media angle where somebody can fake out a Facebook user that might you might be very familiar with and they have that vector to try to get your, your attention and, and make you right. do something. So we have all these different areas now 
making everyone aware of this, not just in the business, but darn it at home, right? You're going to take these things and do it at home and make sure you protect yourself and not, you know, get swindled per se for concert tickets or, you know, sporting event tickets and they're not real. And you, in fact, you're wiring over money to somebody that isn't, isn't really there. So the end user one is a big one. And with one other one I like to mention a lot is uh, third party, fourth party, nth party degree uh, monitoring and awareness of what those, those organizations are doing for you and understanding what capabilities they have to inform you if an incident were to happen. Uh, look at the news every day, right, Greg? It's, it's something different every day. FanDuel had a breach for the service they had. Uh, there's another one. Um, we obviously know SolarWinds had a down down the supply chain issues, this third party, fourth party, nth party type mm -hmm. of problems that you have to get your arms around. And what what can a CISO do to ensure that the risk is is you know reduced to a level that they're it's acceptable? And how and and, and an organization doesn't just because that they're using a, th a third party service provider for something that doesn't mean that they're not responsible for the data Correct. if it gets breached, right? Correct. Right. Yep, so it happens. We talk about, and we mentioned soccer, well, the SAS 70 before back uh, many, many moons ago. But but one of the things that folks do is they do um, SOC 2 report reviews. But um, sometimes I'm thinking that maybe that's not quite enough. Do you have any insights as to as to what what is a good way to um, look at the risk for a small, mid-sized business from your, from your third-party service providers? The SOC 2, that's a good start or any yeah. sort of third party attestation. But do you have any suggestions beyond that? Um, so what we're seeing a blended way to, to go about it, if you have a SOC 2, then we only want you to answer these 10, 20 questions. Mm -hmm. If you do not, here's a, here's a big old 100 question um, you know, Excel sheet to send out to them to understand their posture. Or you can send them the full SIG, which is 1,500 questions. 1,500 one, yeah, it's, it's a monster. <laughs> that's uh, if you so, don't really want to do business with them anymore. You know? Yeah, that's you like, uh, you want to not make friends? Do that. Right. <laughs> I've had to fill out many of those. It's, it's painful, but... It's painful. Yeah, so starting with, uh, you know, obviously looking for those those reports. You know, you get a SOC 2 report. Uh, hopefully it's a type 2. Uh, type 1 is okay, but let's, let's take it to the next level and see uh, what a type 2 for its operating effectiveness, right? Uh, any other pieces, if you have a PCI, if you have a rock, um, some sort of way to get visibility into what they're doing and how they're going to uh, communicate with you if something were to happen, what they're going to do with your data. Uh, if those are in place, then obviously there's a small subset we want to touch on, uh, but sticking to that and, and pushing with them. Sometimes it's going to take a uh, you know, a face-to-face -face conversation to get this done other than just kicking it over the fence and hoping for the best. Uh, pushing it along is, is a challenge now. Uh, some some places think they're bigger than they are and don't have to answer these things. I gave you my sock too. That's enough. Um, so it's a, it's a back and forth that has to be done to dance. So, and, 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 and how can the virtual CISO help in, in that regard? Uh, and, and where I'm coming from is... is um, for the most part, I'm not going to say across the board, but for the most part, your your uh, C-suite for small and mid-sized businesses, they the only reason why they want to read a SOC 2 is if they have insomnia. I mean, they read this <laughs> thing and it's 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 a very hard read. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's a very hard read that 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 
that it's hard for them to, to digest. Can the virtual CISO kind of help translate what's in the SOC 2 and the other aspects of the, of the program so that the business leaders understand? Yeah, you just nailed it, Greg. So the, the team I've built, we have IT backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So when we when working with a client like that, uh, having an IT understanding and having IT empathy, we call it, is, is the right way to get the info out of that and translated appropriately. There is a lot of technical writing in that in that SOC 2 report. So being able to digest that quickly and understand that this network it looks right, it's, it, they're doing the right things with these services and covering where they have to and seeing the sort of controls that they'll have to ensure they're secure, then taking that and doing that translation. Letting them know that there's a risk here or not, um, is is hard i think that comes with time and seasoning and gray hair and <laughs> you know different different you know stops along the way and meeting with different folks at different levels to understand how you can communicate with them you can't just go you know acronym crazy in an it way to them they're not they're not going to get it you have to make sure it's helping out you know from a business perspective too otherwise what's the point I, I may or may not be guilty for of of <laughs> not not to clients, but of of inventing IT acronyms every now and then. Um, <laughs> particularly like if you're dealing with like a, a vendor who's trying to sell you something and, and you just throw up an acronym that you just make it. Oh, yeah. oh you know, I, I think we're working on that. I think that'll be third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> little buzzword, little 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 uh... buzzword. Well, you said something there that that I, I love this. And if you could explain it a little bit more, IT empathy. Mm -hmm. What 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 does uh how would you define that? So you have an IT background, Greg. You remember those Absolutely. long nights configuring building things go down, people are yelling and and, and you know, getting oh paged boy. and all that. I have to, yeah, thank you, thank you for I I spent years in therapy trying to subdue that. It's thank you. <laughs> those all those wounds um, build up that empathy for that IT world. So now take it to where we are now as a CISO. And you tell an IT group that, hey, we're, we have to reconfigure something to make it more secure, to harden it. We have that background now to say, here's what's going to happen. Here's what could happen. You're going to go down. People are going to cry and moan and, and do everything. But here's what we can do. We understand the impact. Here's how we can do it in a nice controlled way and have a way to go back. Not a lot of folks have that. It's tend to be just throw it over, hey, reconfigure that so it's hardened. And that's where the conversation ends. How are you going to make friends with IT that way? You know, having that empathy to understand what the heck they're going to go through when you when you say you need to make this change to secure the environment better is uh, it goes light years. Then you start to get into good conversations. They open up to you and the working working relationship just takes off from there they buy into your security thinking because you can speak to them in the right way. So it's a really, really kind of neat thing that's, I've, I heard it one other time in some other conversation and it stuck with me and I just mm -hmm. wanted to, to keep it front and center to, to the service that we deliver to. I, I think, that's spot on and 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 all joking aside i mean i did remember sometimes in my past where yeah we had those hard hard nights and all that but but it also speaks to um the qualities of what makes a good virtual CISO. and 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 unfortunately um we do see in in our industry that there are some services that 
that offer the virtual CISO that it's maybe not um, quite as beneficial to the business as as maybe someone who has to use your word IT empathy or mm-hmm. or other other aspects. So I th- I've always said that I think that it, it it's vitally important that a small and mid sized business properly vet their virtual CISO service. Mm-hmm. What are what are a couple of things that they can do um, to to ensure that they're getting um, a virtual CISO that can actually help them in the IT risk management space, as opposed to maybe someone who, as one former guest said, who was part of an MSP, that basically they were being used as an insider salesperson to recommend products that the MSP could, could <laughs> sell them. I, I mean, that's horrible, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, looking for someone with a well-rounded uh background and uh, service delivery um, experience, not just one niche that you're in or one industry you're in. What other ones do you have that can complement that? Mm -hmm. And then understanding too, if if you're going with an organization, is there material out there that they're maybe writing about, speaking about, talking together in a network like you and I, Greg? Um, Looking around like that, um, there's a lot of easy Google searches for BCISO and you get organizations across the country that, you know, maybe just spun up. I mean, there's, there's no depth there. It's not like this service has been around for a long time, but it's been around enough to, you know, to, to stretch its legs and understand who's, who's doing this well and who's not. I saw on LinkedIn and I wish I could remember who, who posted it. I saw it shortly before starting the recording for this podcast, but um, they had an interesting take on the virtual CISO world, which I, I, I tend to agree with, and I probably will respond to that post at some point in time today, um, that that actually the virtual CISO is going to expand in growth because it's going to become more like, um, um, the, the take here was that it's going to become more like a, a legal services. A lot of times you see oh, firms see that, that too. Yes. You, you're yes. talking, you know, the post I'm talking about. Yes, And, yes, yes. and I, I think that's a very interesting take where, where, and, if we get to that point, that's going to weed out some of the yeah. um, folks that have come up over the last three or four years that are offering it more from a money generating perspective as part of, as opposed to a service perspective. So, yeah. well, I'm glad somebody else saw it because it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not making this up. So, um, well, all of this stuff, you talk about IT empathy, you talk yeah. about um, the challenges with being a virtual CISO and all that. Um, certainly, uh, it, there's a lot of uh, stress involved with um, being in cybersecurity in general. And I think probably maybe even more so in some ways being a virtual CISO. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's one thing that you do to help decompress from the stress, so to speak? Uh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you have like some Sam Adams before you took the CISSP? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The night before? Absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, the you know the way the ways I deal with it. I really like security, so I, I tend to, to you know research on the side, read articles. What are people putting out there, and understand that, and um, you know participate in that networking piece too is uh, is fun to meet people that are in it and have their own perspectives and and what we can share together. I, I really like that stuff, so it's, it keeps you keeps you on your toes because oh, darn it, Greg, every day is something new in the in. What happened? Oh, a breach here. Something went down for Delta. It's like, wow. Okay, what are we going to do here? What's what's happening? And getting to the bottom of it is, it's you know, kind and, of fun. 
And and you said networking, which is so so critical. I think, and and of course, not data networking, but which is critical. yeah. But yeah. but just having a a good network of peers that you can bounce ideas off of, or 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 that's yeah. where I get a lot of my insight and intel. We just talked about that one post on LinkedIn. Um, it's like uh, you can't you can't do this job effectively in a vacuum. Now I think that uh, some, maybe some of the I don't want to say lower level, but um, some of the cyber analysts where you're specifically focused on like a penetration test against a particular system. Well, that's OK. It's like you're, you're kind of like a one one hit wonder there, so to speak. But when you get into the uh, holistic information security management that CISOs and virtual CISOs do, you just you need to have that input from your network without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and sometimes, you know, networking can involve like a couple of drinks every now and then. Absolutely. <laughs> so what are your, what are your future plans? Uh, my future plans is to grow uh, this service at Wolf and, and continue to make it better, build a strong team. Um, it, the talent is out there. It just needs to be gathered in the right way. Um, so I, I feel growing mm -hmm. this over the next few years is just going to be excellent experience, um, you know, looking to branch out to in many areas as we can um, is obviously a, a good thing for the business, but what we'll get to experience and see and then share, uh, we'll create, you know, a real type of trend, real problems and challenges that, that organizations face that we can share and go back to that networking mm -hmm. group and say, listen, this is what real problems are for these small to mid-sized businesses. Uh, we see it because we get to see all the, the dirty, dirty laundry and the skeletons in the closets. We get to see all the, the challenges and problems that are there and, and what we can do to help them. So we get to generate real data. That's for sure. Very good. So the website, if I have it right, is wolfandco, wolfandco.com, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. And so, so if you're looking for a virtual CISO, and particularly if you're in the financial services space, but certainly that's not a limitation, check them out. Derek, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I know we've, we've had, uh, didn't really mention it, but we've had a couple of challenges trying to schedule this, but uh, appreciate Correct. your flexibility <laughs> and, uh, and, and coming on today. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate it. And everybody stay secure.